Hello, and thank you for tuning into Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, now a toddler, and our new addition, Elwood, born this May. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, toddler, and now as a mum of two, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in Mum Talk to be honest, real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments. Wherever you may be, thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation. If you have listened from the very beginning of Mum Talk, you will know it was love at first sight when I met the products created by the midwives at My Expert Midwife. When pregnant with Amandine and Elwood, not a day went by where I didn't use my favourite product, Fantastic Skin Elastic. I feel incredibly honoured to be working with My Expert Midwife, a brand that has truly supported me physically through both of my pregnancies. Recovery after childbirth can be challenging, both emotionally and physically. My Expert Midwife have created a recovery duo designed to soothe bruising, swelling and soreness of the perineum after birth. This includes Spritz for Bits, which provides instant relief to the perineum. You will have heard me raving about this after my first pregnancy, plus the new Soak for Bits, a must-have to add to those first few baths after your baby is born to aid recovery and soothe aching muscles. I could go on and on and rave about every single product I have tried. I know how important it is to have confidence and trust that what you are putting on your skin is 100% safe for pregnancy and baby. For me, using My Expert Midwife products gave me that trust and confidence. My Expert Midwife not only develop incredible products, they provide midwife expertise for pregnancy, birth and becoming a new mum. To find out more on how to prepare and recover from childbirth, visit My Expert Midwife at www.myexpertmidwife.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk Series 10, Episode 7. And this week you've got me, but it's pretty much the last time you'll be hearing from me because the next few episodes, which will bring us to the end of the series, I've got some fantastic guests coming on. Um, We have a skin consultant coming on to talk about skincare in pregnancy. And we also have um, a toddler behaviour expert coming on. And we have another guest, which right now is slipping my mind, because it is Tuesday evening, and my goodness, it has been a week. It really has. Last time on the podcast, uh, we had Vern, didn't we? And Amandine was ill. And Amandine, of course, as they do, toddlers give their colds to babies. (laughs) So... Amandine had a really nasty cold and a bit of a cough and then Elwood got it but it turned as more of a cough rather than a cold Um, and he's really really been struggling with it a lot. Um, He's just gone down actually uh, for the second time, my second attempt to get him down and I have to say I am absolutely exhausted. It's been a really emotional roller coaster. So Amandine, when she was about this age, she got her first cold. This is Elwood's second, because if you remember when I first started the podcast, I think I spoke about when Elwood got sick. I mean, he literally got sick about uh, 
four days after being born, maybe even three days after being born, and he got his first cold, which was just absolutely horrendous. But this one has been so much worse, and it went straight to his chest. Um, So yesterday, we... Well, actually, on Sunday, we went to my mum's, because Hendrik was working. My sister was there, so we just... uh, We wanted to see her. My sister's getting married at the end of September, so... Um, I wanted to do lots of wedding prep with her and just enjoy seeing her and seeing my mum and just being all together, which was lovely. But on Monday, he, so he, Elwood kept having coughing fits, so he would kind of cough on and off through the day. And then I think he'd get a build-up of mucus, essentially, and coughed and coughed and coughed and coughed and coughed. For the first few times that he did this, I wasn't too worried because, you know, it's obviously a reflex that we have um, to shift things like mucus. And he was resolving it. He wasn't getting too upset. He was fine. And they were mostly happening at night when, you know, when you go to bed and you have a cold and a cough, it gets worse, doesn't it, at night and you lie down and it feels like really dusty in your throat and you just cough and cough and cough. Um. Anyway... Oh, we've all done COVID tests, by the way. We even tried to do one on Elwood, which actually I think we did a really good job on it. Anyway, we're all negative, so it's it's not COVID. It's just a cold <laughs> um, and a cough. Well, essentially a viral infection, basically. But anyway, um, what I'm leading up to here is yesterday afternoon, we were walking back up from the beach and Elwood started coughing and coughing and coughing and coughing, and he would not stop. So I literally almost ran as fast as I could pretty much up the hill with him because I just, I couldn't really see him and I just wanted to get to the house um, and try and sort things. But anyway, he just wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop, wouldn't stop. 25, probably, I don't know, 15 minutes into this coughing fit, I was like, "Mm, this is not easing. This is definitely getting worse. He is still coughing. He started to really oscillate between going bright red coughing to then going really blue around the eyes and the nose and a little bit on the lips and then going really pale and then going really pink again. Kind of a little bit of normal thrown in there. I just was I was not liking it at all and my gut just said we just need to call an ambulance. So we did. And this is not the ambulance, this is not any fault of the ambulance crews because they obviously got there as fast as they could. But it took them 45 minutes for the first responder to get to us and 55 minutes for the ambulance to get to us. Now, my mum's house is right in the middle of two zones essentially so there's like the zone that covers the Torbay area down to where my mum lives and there's the zone that co- that covers the Plymouth area down to where my mum lives and my mum's house is at the l- furthest drive for both of these zones where they dispatch the ambulances from um Anyway, so the ambulance ended up coming from Torbay and the first responder ended up coming from Modbury which on a good run is like very very good that he got there in 45 minutes but it took an age so essentially by the by the time that they arrived Elwood had completely exhausted himself and fallen asleep and obviously when I was on the phone to the ambulance um, dispatch service 999 essentially she was very much saying you need to wake him up you need to wake him up otherwise we'll class him as unconscious 
So I kept trying to wake him up and then obviously he'd cry again. But it was really hard to wake him up because he was so exhausted. So I'd be like literally shouting at him going, Elwood, Elwood, and giving him a little shake. And oh, it was just, it was just horrific. Um, so excuse my, my yawns, but as you can probably, as you know, it's just mentally and physically exhausting. Um, anyway, finally arrived, they checked all, checked all of his sats, listened to his chest, um, and I felt really stupid because I'd called the ambulance at the height of, actually it wasn't at the height, but it was getting there, um, of Elwood's breathing difficulties, and, um, you know, I really wasn't expecting at all for an ambulance or a first responder to take that long. So there used to be a more local first responder um, who would probably be 10 minutes away on a bad run, but apparently the uh, volunteer first responder has essentially stopped volunteering and they haven't got a replacement, which, you know, it's an amazing service to have. We're so lucky to have it. So I can't fault anybody here. It's not, like, it's just, it's just what it is. Um... But it was really scary just, you know, being on the phone whilst trying to settle Elwood and just try and calm him down so the cough didn't get any worse, trying not to panic. Thankfully, my mum was there, so she was also taking the phone as well. But yes, it was just horrendous. Anyway, he eventually threw up all over me and I think that that cleared, helped to clear the mucus and then he just hurt his throat and his chest so much that he was just still coughing. But yes, finally he fell asleep. But I did, I felt like a right wally because the ambulance service turned up and they woke him up again and he gave them a big smile and then he pooed in his nappy and it was just kind of, I don't know, I felt really silly. Anyway, they listened to his chest, they listened, they did his sats, all of his sats were fine. As they have to, they have to advise you when you call an ambulance, they have to advise you to go into hospital, but actually they were advising me to go in, but also saying it's totally fine if we don't go in, if you know what I mean. So we ended up not going in because all of his sats were completely fine, and I really felt like the risk of going in and him being monitored, and we'd be going to Plymouth, so it would be probably an hour's journey to get to the hospital after all of this when actually it's an hour's journey for me to get home. So I actually just came straight home. So if it happened again, I would just go into Exeter Hospital, which is much closer for us. Um, and I would have, you know, his doctors that that he knows around. Um, well, not that he knows, but, you know, that I know at my doctor's surgery. Um, so that's the view that we took. So I signed all the paperwork essentially to say that we'd refuse to go in um yeah because I just felt at the moment with COVID and you know I know and the ambulance crews said that it's like midwinter on the pediatric wards at the moment with so many viruses and I just thought the likelihood of him going in and actually picking something else up is rather high so I'd rather not do that so that's the decision we made anyway he had another coughing fit this morning which wasn't nearly as bad he managed to clear what was definitely like stringy mucus this morning really quite quickly I would say I mean quickly quickly in comparison to yesterday um but he probably cleared it within I don't know 20 minutes 15 minutes 15 minutes I think of coughing um 
and he hasn't coughed since. I did run him down to my GP this afternoon and a lovely practice nurse just had a listen to his chest and just double checked everything and um, after this morning's coughing fit and said that yeah he was totally fine. Um, He's just struggling a little bit. So thankfully all is well in Elwood land (laughs) but my goodness it's really really stressful. I am Oh, my heart goes out to any parent that's had to do that because it's not a nice position to be in. Um, needless to say, we all slept really well last night. Elwood slept really well. He needed feeding at 4.30. He's not been feeding particularly well. But I'm not worried because, you know, he's a big boy and the doctor's surgery weren't worried. He is still feeding. He's just not feeding as much as he would. Um, maybe it's because he's got a sore throat, I don't know. There was at one point where me feeding him would trigger the coughing fits, which wasn't so fun, and I think it's because the, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe the milk was going down to sit on something that needed to come back up, I don't really know, but yes. And all of this was in front of poor Amaldine when the ambulance cruised, so uh, (laughs) Amaldine, Amaldine, has really started to kick off, but I uh, I gave her a break yesterday about it because obviously yesterday it must have been really difficult with you know me being really stressed about Elwood and luckily my sister was still at my mum's house so I could literally just shout to my sister who was actually working from home essentially we're calling an ambulance for Elwood can you just take Amandine and sort her out so she was amazing and she gave Amandine lunch and she tried to put her down for her nap which Amandine was obviously playing the system she did not want to do that. Um, but anyway, she went down for a nap eventually. Uh, so, yes, but recently, oh my word, Amandine has been driving Hendrik and I up the wall. My friend said to me last night that there is such a thing called a three-nager, and she definitely is. I feel like we missed the terrible twos, but now we're into the three-nager. Literally everything we say or do, it's no, 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 no. And her favourite saying is, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> or she'll say in French, s'en va, s'en va, which is basically, go away, go away. Um, and she'll also say in French things like, I want, rather than I would like. Uh, and if I say, would you like a dessert? She'll be like, yes, get it now. Just, you know, little things like that. And she does it in such a high-pitched, whiny voice, it's really challenging on the ear. Um, but we're really desperately trying to not bite her head off and not let our stresses and, you know, how much the children just whining at you raises your stress levels and then you snap. We're really trying to not do that. Um, and I read a post today earlier about saying be careful all the time and I'm definitely, definitely... I definitely do that. I literally say be careful all the time to Amandine and apparently it really affects their independence and their decision making and their risk assessment making. I know I've kind of just jumped off course here but you'll have to roll with me for this evening's podcast. Um, And I'm going to stop doing that. (laughs) I'm going to try and encourage her to assess the situation for herself because I feel like I'm interfering far too much. And also, you know what I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that I always feel like I'm telling her off. So I've really worked hard on that. 
this week. Sorry. Um, and I, I think we're doing better in trying not to tell her off. She's been a little less rough with Elwood, but I think that's just because Elwood hasn't been lying down. He's just either always been on me or sleeping or um, kind of out of her reach a little bit. Um, so we haven't had to tell her to kind of try and ease her into it. I had a wonderful follower say uh, maybe she's just looking to play with Elwood and she's trying to figure out how to play with him, um, which was a really, really great suggestion because I hadn't ever really thought about it. So we showed her lots of ways that she could play with him. So tickle his feet or pull funny faces or uh, rattle a rattle in front of his face or something like that. And actually she's been a little bit better. She loves doing tummy time with him. So I'll put him down on the floor, not recently, because um, he's just not been well. So I haven't felt like it's been fair to do tummy time. Um... So we'll crack on with that in a couple of days when he's feeling better. I mean, he is feeling far more sprightly, definitely. We got a few smiles out of him this afternoon and this evening. Um, so I definitely think he's feeling better. And we are still getting out and about because I do think that fresh air is really good. Dry air is not, and it's quite humid type weather at the moment. So um, we are still getting out and about. But Amandine is certainly pushing the boundaries. She, she also bit me the other day, which I don't think she meant to do. She was pretending to be a monster. And she came over and she grabbed my jumper and I let out such a big owl because it was a real big shock and I was tired. And I think it really shocked her. So, um, But she did say sorry. And I did also walk in on her. So at my mum's house, she wouldn't let me brush her teeth or put her hair clips in. And... Um, I walked in on her talking to her auntie, my sister, and saying, I haven't been kind to maman. And my sister said, well, why? And she said, well, I wouldn't let her brush my teeth and I wouldn't let her put my hair clips in. And my sister said, well, what do you think you should do now? And she said, oh, I'm going to go and say sorry. And then she did and she came over. And I thought that was amazing that she actually realised for herself without Hendrik or I having to kind of step in and say, you know... Um, do you think that was nice? <laughs> Essentially, do you want to rethink that? Um, so I thought that that was really, really good. It was really, really sad the other day when she asked, um, she said she was at the playground and she said, I wish I had a friend. And I thought that was so sad. But it actually made me think how wonderful it's going to be for her and Elwood to play together when they, uh, when Elwood's a bit older. I think she's just going to love that and it's just going to completely revolutionise our days out because they'll just be able to play and play and play. Um, I personally have felt... Oof, what have I felt this week? Aside from the ambulance yesterday, <laughs> um, I've been messaging my friend who's been through very similar, but I've, I've really felt a rise in my postnatal anxiety essentially um but mainly around my own health um not so much the kids but it may well have been triggered by uh them not being very well but I've really struggled with uh my yeah just worrying about my health and if there's something wrong with me and the thought of knowing that I'm leaving them and not being able to do anything about it. I'm sorry, this is really morbid, but I 
feel like if I'm feeling this, there's definitely other mums who are feeling this too. Um, and ooh, I just can't shift the feeling. I cannot shift the feeling. And obviously, <laughs> when I went to have my baby checks with Elwood and um, his jabs and my postnatal checks, even though this was done at 12 weeks rather than eight weeks, anyway... Um, I, I was really focused on Elwood and I was focused on his jabs and I was focused on what's to come with his jabs that when the doctor asked me if I was doing okay and I just kind of was like, yeah, I'm totally fine. I didn't even cross my mind to talk to him about my raised levels and anxiety because I kind of, if I could, I would literally have a full body scan. I know that would be pointless because of course they're going to find stuff which, you know, probably completely nothing because everybody's different literally every body is different, but I um, I just can't shake it, and I just want to go and say, please give me a full round of bloods, please do this, please do that, just check me over, um, yeah, because I just, I just can't imagine not being there for them, um, but I'd really love it if you're listening to this and you feel the same, if you'd reach out and just let me know if you've done anything to help you with that, or if you've talked to anyone about it and who you spoke to and um yeah I'd really love to hear how you're dealing with it I also find my head going into really annoying spaces where I'm imagining scenarios which are definitely which could definitely happen for sure but I just it just it wouldn't necessarily happen fairly unrealistic scenarios but possible scenarios um and it just makes me extra, extra cautious. I literally just can't take my eyes off the kids whenever we're out and about. And actually, even in our front driveway, I don't feel like I can take my eyes off the, off the, off the kids. Less of Elwood, you know, he's fairly, he's not going anywhere, but more of Amaldine. Anyway, yeah, I really have. I've, I've been struggling recently with that. Um, and I think being tired also doesn't help, does it? Being tired never helps with these things, never helps you get out of these mindsets that you're in. So Elwood's jabs went really well. Um, unfortunately, I think the doctor's surgery gave me the wrong appointment when we were initially booked in because they gave me the appointment for his jabs on his 12 weeks, when he was 12 weeks, literally the day he was 12 weeks. So I think they made a mistake. And obviously with me being, you know, fairly new postnatal when I um, had just given birth to, uh, to Elwood and this was booked in, I didn't even remember the, the jab timings and I didn't double check, didn't even think anything of it. We weren't seeing friends who were getting their babies jabbed um, or, you know, so I didn't, I really didn't think anything of it. Anyway, when we went to the doctor's surgery, he was like, so... Is there any reason why you've delayed the injections? And I was like, no, this was the appointment I was given. And I never questioned it because I just I just didn't think it was something I needed to question. And uh, he was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, sorry about that. Um, you have waited a really long time for this appointment. That's, that's odd. Anyway, so now for the next jabs, which should have been his 12 weeks jabs, which he's actually then going to have at, what, 16 weeks? Uh... They're now saying that they can't fit him in until he's going to be 18 weeks. <laughs> so it's just a bit ridiculous. It's just getting pushed further back, further back, further back. I'm not really sure if it matters. 
If they're happy to not book the appointment till then, then I guess, but I guess there's nothing we can do. So we'll just, we'll just roll with it and he'll just be a bit late. And then I hope we'll just be able to get back on track when he's um, a year or whenever he has his next ones after these big, you know, quick ones in succession. Um, and I hope they do fit him in. Um, I, at the moment I have a, an appointment which is literally two days before my sister's wedding so it's really not ideal because he's never, in fact two days before my sister's wedding I am planning not being up here, I'm planning on being down with my sister preparing for her wedding so I would really like to not be dealing with a child. Um, I don't think that he gets a fever this time around but he's probably going to be grouchy and not wanting to be being really great in a buggy whilst I'm helping my sister prep for her wedding, is he? So it's not ideal, it's far from ideal. Anyhow, uh, that is where we are at. But he did manage his jabs super well, he didn't cry for so long, um, and actually, when the ambulance were here, they did a blood glucose and they um, heel pricked him. And I thought he was going to cry, seeing as how his injections went and his last heel prick. But she said that there was a trick. If you rub and 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 rub the heel, like for a while, I would say she rubbed it, really rubbed it quite hard for a couple of minutes, heel pricked it. He didn't even flinch. He literally didn't even flinch. So I rubbed his thighs when he went in for his jabs, not knowing about this trick, obviously. And he didn't, he definitely didn't cry for as long. But we had a wonderful, wonderful, um, lovely nurse who did the jabs and she was great. Um, so yes, and his baby checks were all fine. Apparently he has fluid around one of his testicles, which uh, make his balls look really big. I did wonder why they looked so big, but he has fluid around one of them. So we're just keeping an eye on that. Um, to see if it gets any greater or if it disperses by itself. We're hoping it disperses by itself. Otherwise, we'll have to get a, another opinion and see where we go from there. Um, but other than that, he was great. I obviously didn't really want to go ahead with the injections because he was ill at the time. He just wasn't running a fever. So they said, no, we still do it. And I'm sure that's why he got worse and worse and his cough got worse and worse because we just, we massively hit his immune system with all of those drugs <laughs> and a cold and a cough. He probably didn't have anything to fight this cold and cough off with and that's why it got so nasty. So, but the doctor just obviously didn't want to delay them anymore because they're already four weeks late, as I didn't either because they're four weeks late already. So, yes, not, not great. Anyway, Let's answer your questions that you have asked me for today's podcast um, because I have pretty much filled you in on what's been going on with us and I don't want to waffle on too long. Save your ears. <laughs> All right, I will catch you after the ad break and answer your questions. You may remember Leslie Gilchrist, CEO and Clinical Director of My Expert Midwife, joining me on the podcast in Series 9. Leslie shared an incredible amount of knowledge. The midwives at My Expert Midwife have created some easy checklists and guides to help you through your pregnancy and birth journey. From perineal massage, pain relief, to preparing your hospital bag and prioritising your recovery. They have a fantastic expert advice section on www.myexpertmidwife.com. Do go and have a look. They will most likely answer a lot of those pressing questions that you need expertly covered. 
We are now so incredibly lucky to have direct access to the wonderful team at My Expert Midwife. This year, they launched antenatal classes, which are 100% midwife-led. If you are pregnant and planning for birth, whether you're a first-time mum or having your second or third baby, these are for you. They are evidence-based, preparing you and your partner for the realities of childbirth, replacing the anxiety of the unknown with the excitement and anticipation, helping you to enjoy the journey. Visit www.myexpertmidwife.com to learn more. One day I tell you, in these evenings, I will have a bath and relax and then go to bed. (laughs) But I mean this evening, I have been running around like an absolute headless chicken. I made dinner, well after I got back from the GPs, the Tesco shop arrived and then walked down to the post office um, to post some packages. I sold a bunch, I've been selling a bunch of Elwood's clothes, well, Amandine's clothes essentially, that Elwood never fit into, his zero to three stuff and newborn stuff and some three to six month stuff. I sell it on um, Baby Bundle and it's just Mama and A is my name if, if anyone needs any stuff and want to go on. It's all really beautiful stuff like Baby Mori and Little White Company and um, yeah, really lovely stuff. So if anyone wants anything, then go there. But I was posting those packages from those orders this afternoon. Then I came back, made dinner, cleared up from dinner, put um, unloaded the washing machine, put our wood to bed, then sorted Amandine, brushed her teeth, got her into her pyjamas um, so Hendrik could read her books. Then went back downstairs, uh, hoovered the floor, mopped the floor, cleaned the table, put away the washing up, um, folded the laundry, sprayed all of the shirts and white stuff that needed to go in the laundry this time around, folded the laundry from the tumble dryer, the pants and socks that I washed, brought them upstairs, put them in the airing cupboard, um, hung a whole load of wet laundry before putting on the first load. Then Elwood woke up again, so then I fed him back to sleep again. Uh, and now I'm here. <laughs> recording the podcast and one day one day I am going to have a bath and go to bed in the evening but that's not tonight okay let's answer your questions so thank you so much to all of you who put in the question box I hope he's feeling better and I hope he's okay because it is the worst when they're sick it is rubbish it is emotionally and physically exhausting absolutely exhausting but you know what instead of saying all right I'm going to delay the podcast because I'm just too tired I thought actually I'm going to come on and record the podcast because everything about this podcast is it's real it's what's happening now Um, and we all go through our children being ill I don't know one child that's never had a cold before and we're all feeling it emotionally and physically exhausted and I think on social media and even on this podcast sometimes It's really easy to tell about the best stuff and the really fun stuff and the good stuff and the upbeat stuff. And it's not so easy to talk about actually the stuff that's really flipping hard. And it has been a hard week of illness and Amandine testing boundaries and, you know, ambulance calling and just being busy and Hendrix being working. Um, Yeah, (laughs) tricky. Okay, anyway, so that's why. That's why I'm here and I haven't Um, delayed the podcast so activity ideas for babies during weight windows yeah I really struggle with this too but I think depending on how old your baby is if you're talking kind of around Elwood's age then the wait times are so short aren't they well (laughs) should be so short Elwood's aren't very short 
but um, we do tummy time. I put him in his baby Bjorn with the activity bar thing, which he really likes. Talk to him loads. Um, I blow air in his face, which he really likes, and makes him giggle. Um, I saw a really great thing where someone tied balloons to their legs and wrists, and they find that really fun lying on their back. Walk around the garden, like sensory stuff, just like that, you know. Um, so they can see things. Etta loves muslins. Um, so they can stare at those. That's really stimulating for their little eyes and brain. Um, what else do we do? I mean, Amandine playing with him, I think is really quite overloading for him. So even that is just an activity. But if it's your first or your little ones at nursery, you know, they just, they, they also just want to be on you and, you know, be going about doing the things that you're doing and seeing and lots of different noises and, um, so activity wise, I mean, I, I wouldn't say too much. Maybe one of those play bars, you could lie them on their backs and play bars, but yeah, lots of tummy time. Um, put toys in front of them to encourage them to kind of, I don't know, wriggle, that kind of stuff. Um, there are lots and lots of things online. If you Google, uh, baby or toddler, um, activity ideas, loads will come up, but I'm literally telling you to suck eggs there. So you know, to do that already. Um, but yeah, I think at this stage, it's just little and often of tummy time and outside walks and sensory and on you and talking to them and playing with their hands, getting them to reach for your hands, that kind of stuff. Uh, I am expecting my third child. How do I balance the needs of so many children? I have no idea. I'm not even going to attempt to answer that because, I mean, congratulations. Amazing. Um, God, I think I would love three, but that's just not going to happen. But anyway, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's hard enough juggling too. I guess it depends on how um, big the age gaps are. But I think if they're, you know, I think what we always forget is, especially, you know, with social media, it's really easy to look at someone's account and be like, oh my God, they're doing so much. I'm not, I'm barely doing anything. But, you know, they're only posting what they're doing in that moment. And, it, you know, I very much doubt they're doing that all the time. So I think... At this, it's really important to remember that they just want you and they just need you and need to be loved and cared for and you do that all the time without even trying by cooking for them and feeding them and um, playing with them and, you know, encouraging them to get out and about. So ask for help. Definitely ask for help if you are able to have people help and make life easier for yourself, like get people to make you meals or even do something like Mindful Chef or Hello Fresh or something Hey Gust Gusto or whatever it is, things like that where you don't have to think about the food shopping. You can just go online and even if you want fresh food, they'll just bring you all the ingredients you need for that meal. I did that and I found it really helpful because it just took away the thinking of what I needed for the food shop. We don't do it now um, because I do find it works out quite a bit more expensive, but it's worth giving a go. 
Um, but just have lots of freezer meals so it's easy, lots of big family meals. Um, and yeah, definitely ask for help and reduce your expectations on yourself as well. And if you can, just, you know, talk to your children and um, try and get them to understand and, and depending on their ages... Amandine loves to help me. She loves to um, do lots to help fetch the wet wipes, fetch the nappies, like all little toddlers. So if you can, get them to help you too. <laughs> but I'm no expert. I have no idea. I love following the Ammumsy Mum. She is absolutely brilliant. Um, I would highly recommend giving her a follow. She's got three boys and um, she's just brilliant. So, and she, yeah, she's... She lives in the real world. She gives you a real life account of what's going on. <laughs> um, sorry, I can't be more help. Do you go to bed once baby E goes on to night sleep? No, as you can see, I do not. Nope. Um, he's doing really well at the moment with his sleep. He is going down, or I try and get him down around 7.15ish. Um, and then he tends to wake up 40 minutes later like he would with a normal nap in the day because he's still only napping for 40 minutes. Um, but he then goes back to sleep really easily. To be honest, right now I just put my boob in his mouth and he goes to sleep and I leave him. I actually leave him on his side, so I side feed him to sleep, leave him on his side and then I'll go in um, and put him in his bassinet a bit later on once he's in a deeper sleep and isn't going to wake up. Occasionally I'll change his nappy just so I don't have to then change it in the middle of the night um, because he fills up his nappies very quickly, which is a great sign that he is still feeding enough. But no, I feel like I need this time when no one's asking anything of me and I can either get on top of the house or, um, you know, just general life admin, like I need to order cleanser I need to order deodorant balm. I need to order Hendrickson Night Nurse. I need to uh, book an optician's test, uh, an eye test. I need, you know, a really boring life admin. <laughs> um, and with my sister's wedding coming up, there's tons of stuff I need to do for that. But I'm just too exhausted and feel like I'm going to mess up. So, yeah. Basically, when he's napping, I get about 40 minutes at lunchtime when Elwood's napping and Amandine's napping as well. Uh, and then in the evenings, I get, yeah, probably from about 8 o'clock, really, because that's when Amandine's finally gone to bed. Um, until, I say, I probably go to bed about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Um, but at the moment, I haven't been getting up at 5.30. I've been waking up at, like, well, Elwood's been feeding at 4.30, 3.30, 4.30, and then I've been getting up at like 7.30, which is really late for me, really, really late. Um, and it, I would feel so much better if I got up earlier, for sure. But I haven't been. <laughs> anyway, that is actually, that, that's actually all of your questions. Um, because most of you, I know it was really late asking for questions, but most of you just said, I hope he feels better, which is just really lovely. Thank you so much for your kindness. So I will leave you there. Um, and next week, who have we got on next week? Oh, my brain can't even tell you who we've got on next week, but I will let you know who's coming on next week. I'm pretty sure it's the skin doctor is coming on. Um, 
and consultant. So that'll be really great because I don't know about you, but I struggled finding what skincare I was happy using um, whilst I was pregnant, especially sun creams for pigmentation um, and all of that and cleanses and all of this around salicylic acid, yada, yada, yada. So it'll be a really, really interesting podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please connect with me on Instagram. It's really, really lovely, especially when I open up quite a bit for um, to hear from you guys and how you guys have coped with these particular topics. If you're listening, please do share it. Um, I love seeing your shares on Instagram. It's the only way I can connect with you, um, <laughs> kind of in real life, but not in real life. So please do share it. I love hearing and seeing that you're listening. Um, and I will speak to you guys next week. Uh, have a lovely rest of your week. If you have a moment, please do review and um, help other mums and parents find our lovely community. Lots of love. Bye. Even the second time round, I didn't really know what to pack in my hospital bag. I knew what not to pack, but there is always a worry that you will have forgotten something you yearn after in labour. Luckily for us, the midwives at My Expert Midwife have curated a hospital bag set with all their essentials, including the brilliant Spritz for Bits, which I can personally recommend. It certainly saved my delicate parts post-birth. Soak for Bits, No Harm, Nipple Balm, Spritz for Labour and labour rollable designed to help calm and focus as our little gift to you my expert midwife have kindly given me an exclusive code to share with you for 10% discount across all products head to www.myexpertmidwife.com and use mumtalk10 at checkout and get that hospital bag packed don't forget to get your birth partner to pack it for you so they know where everything is i made that error first time round